My name's Mark Copes. I'm Andrew Baxter. And this is... Fabio's a war better. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Good morning. I like morning you. Morning you is um, makes me feel more human. <laughs> well, more, more farting than me, though. Uh, but I don't know what's wrong with me. Maybe I had too much cheese last night. But, but let's, let's move on from that. Should we, should we start off by talking about why we're talking uh, recording in my morning? It's Jokes. punishment. <laughs> it is punishment. <laughs> we had a mishap. There was there was a misunderstanding, but also a I, clear I think understanding. I, I need to I need to stand up and uh, <laughs> take the blame for this one. <laughs> it's okay. We'll take in turns. Uh, just, I mean, what I should say is, it was definitely a moment. So I was about to go to sleep last week sometime. I was just drifting off, and I suddenly thought to myself, I haven't spoken to Copes in a while. Weren't we meant to be recording? Uh, oh, oh, we were meant to be recording yesterday. Oh, is that when you remember the next day? Oh. No. Well, I didn't Slack tell me anything. <laughs> Am I making something? No, no, definitely did. And then I had to go and check Slack. And Slack then decided it was a good time to tell me, oh, yeah, Cope sent you a message saying, are you ready to record? So the one problem with using the, the one tool for all our, all our planning decided it didn't want to failure. Didn't send any notifications. Well, yeah, basically. So I completely forgot we were recording. Having already told you that, yes, we were definitely recording before you went to sleep. And, and, and well, I felt quite bad that, uh, I got let you get up. What time did you get up in the morning? Ah, uh, it's it's not important. Five o'clock. It's not important. Jesus. <laughs> so I no. let Copes get up at five o'clock in the morning, and then uh, and, and then just ghosted you. Is <laughs> this like a a Tinder date that I have no experience with? But like, you just turned up and then didn't even have a coffee. No, that's nothing fine. happened. It really didn't bother me. I ended up being very productive that morning because I was—I've never up that early. And you know, like it's super calm that time in the morning. No one's bothering you. It's there's not a noise mm. outside. Nothing disturbing. Got like comic drawn. Got a few things done, but zero podcast recorded. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was definitely on me. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Whoops. But now we did the reversal. So you took the hit. Yeah. Took the morning shift. Yep, it definitely needs to get me to do more morning shifts now. And so turns I out, learn my lesson. Like, uh, we briefly talked about it as we're messaging back and forth, but for as much as I was used to be annoyed with notifications, you're always here and you're like, oh, it's so annoying. And you go through the process of turning off notifications. Now it's gotten to be a thing where it was before completely pointless, completely annoying, to now just the ones that I want send me the notifications and they're important ones. They're like calendars yeah. or. Baxter or, or something like that, or family. So you're, you're equal footing with family, P.S. But yeah, so these are all these important things, but now they're super important. So I can't like, if I miss it or if my phone resets and they, and they don't come through or something, it's bad news. Well, what confused me about this one, I, I first of all slated it down to my phone being on do not disturb. But what confused me was that it, I didn't, it didn't tell me in the morning that you sent a message. So that's why I not only forgot for one like that's why i didn't get back to you for a day <laughs> because it just completely slipped my mind and then i was i oh it wasn't like i was out doing anything either i was at home at the time we were meant to be recording i think uh-huh. i was i was in bed asleep or something uh-huh. so so i just 
yeah that that you know that sense of dread when you realize <laughs> that you've forgotten an appointment that you had to make and it's now come and gone and therefore someone had to go and wait for you and you never turned up i won't lie like i did i messaged you this and i it was it was true i must be on a on a roll of this as i was talking before the show but like uh i thought for a second there is he dead is because <laughs> he's pretty he's onto onto things like i to check his like facebook instagram not, not even a single no, no, no banter back he could have like there's a very strong chance that he crashed on the way home like this is it's a horrible thought but he's dead so you, you, you being alive is my world's just rock now do you have like do you ever get anxious that someone you know has has been in a car crash or something or is in a situation you haven't found out i get this anxiety a lot i I don't want to introduce that anxiety in my life so let's please not talk about it but okay so you don't it's a very just... real possibility but it's, it's horrifying isn't it one day you and someone you know could just not be there apologies if someone is listening and this has happened to them and you might but... not even hear about it for a while well i guess you got more of a chance now with with the way everyone talks online yeah. but definitely before things could happen and you just that's why they used to read the the old newspaper births and deaths because like i wonder who's gone this week Christ, imagine doing that, finding out that way. Hmm. Anyway. So on, on, on other happier topics. <laughs> should, 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 should we move on to something a bit more cheerful? <laughs> so you, in, in the time when we were meant to be recording and we did not record, mm-hmm. you got some comics done. Oh, I did great. Yeah, been fantastic. <laughs> how, how, how's Caltexas going? Are you smashing it? Yes, it's... I'm at a very... I'll find out more tomorrow, but I'm a very... So I'm a bit tentative to, to start talking about it, but... I'm hoping to be spending a bit more time on comics in the next next 12 months. But so in the last month, I've been for a while there, I was uh, in my own time doing it daily. So the patrons have been getting getting one uh, quite frequently just to just to practice it because um, I've been applying for a, in Australia, there's this program called the NICE program. And I think it's, oh, what is it? National entrepreneurship incentive scheme something like that but basically it's just like uh i guess guidance and a bit of financial assistance to like start small businesses so i put a bit of a a case forward for the comics and um and it seems to be so far all good did a bunch of workshops and business plans and financials and all this boring stuff and i think this is all news to you as well it's just all news to me, and it sounds exhilarating having to write a business plan. It's actually quite fun when it's about something you're pretty interested in. So it was it was quite definitely learned a lot. And because um, as soon as you start doing it officially, you have to start thinking about boring things like insurance and bookkeeping and all this kind of stuff. So accountability. Yep, <laughs> and doing the thing you say you're going to do. Because I for years said I've got these certain ideas I want to try, and and haven't for some reason had the time or money to to do it. So. I'll find out tomorrow if I'm officially on, so I guess next time we record I'll be able to give an update. But um, yeah, a bit exciting times and I thought I might, what I might do in, in future podcasts, I'll, I'll prelude this by saying I will get in. Let's let's think positively. I'd like to um, kind of like how we did it while I was traveling, how I talked a bit about what was going on. I'd, I'd kind of like to talk about what what I'm up to, whatever that whatever that time we were recording and, and if if anyone else finds it interesting, that's good. But if anything, it's just a good journal to to listen to in the future because I look forward to listening to these in the future and going, oh, what was, what was Copes and Backstrap to 10 years ago? 
how life was simple. So that's scary, isn't it? This this podcast is now been going for three years. Yeah, and in that time, heaps has changed. So we can go back and listen to three younger versions of ourselves. Uh huh. I'd be scared too. <laughs> imagine what it must be like for the people who've been doing podcasts for like ten years. Right. Right. And especially because your opinions change about things, your life changes, and opinions change a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I completely have changed my view on. Yeah, like I remember so, in uh, episode one, like how we both had that pro Hitler rant. Like, definitely different. Yeah, now. thank God we cut that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely different. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I'll go through and release some of the cut sections we've got and see what see what I can find in there. Okay, <laughs> we'll see. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so, so you're, but you're, you you say that you're definitely you're, you're smashing out the comics at the moment, are you? Yeah, you definitely. We just need to do well on that. Just past the six hundredth one, so it's been been busy. Six hundred, yeah. yeah. Road to one thousand. That's it. So I'm hoping, yeah, I hope hopefully I put something together, maybe a little book or something with a whole bunch together. So it's been been fun, been good, lots of change. I've been trying to do a few. <laughs> this is how much other people care, but I've been uh, learning a bit more and reading a bit more about just pushing yourself in in the frames. Like instead of having a puppet show that is perfectly fine, just, you know, two heads. I usually try and do a bit of zooming in, zooming out, isolating characters, boring stuff. But I've been trying to do a bit of perspective stuff where it's a bit more 3D-ish, a bit bit of it fading in the background kind of thing. And I'm very bad at it. Just goes to show, like, I did this one. I spent twice as much time as I'd usually do. And I show that and she's like, oh, that was a great strip. I was like, did you... Do you notice anything any different about it? <laughs> like the camera angle? No, was it? I thought it was exactly the same as usual. <laughs> I just had, had added fingers to my characters for the very first time. That didn't even do anything, apparently. So <laughs> you think you're making all these changes, but at the end of the day, it's it's kind of like a a referee. Like if no one notices it, it's good. As soon as people notice it, it's probably a bad idea. Did you? Uh... Did you worry that people were going to notice this and say that they didn't like it? Didn't like it? Yeah. Yeah. But, well, because whenever I... you change anything, it's whenever you change anything, there's always a temptation to say that it's not going to work. Maybe people aren't going to like it. Yeah. I think so I've maybe got, I've got nothing is the best thing that could happen. Oh, yeah. They keep it to them, their damn opinion to themselves. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the good thing about having not many readers is that uh, there's not really, <laughs> not really a backlash, which is good. Imagine being the writers for Game of Thrones right now. I have strong opinions on this. I think we can talk about it because, A, this I is, we talk about we're two, two episodes ahead and it's been a month already probably. So, go. You tell it's me your care opinion. I have seen it. My strong opinion is that I have no strong opinion on the end of Game of Thrones. Okay. I really thought it was an anticlimax where nothing happened. I know that they were kind of up against the wall in the, where do you finish all these storylines. Mm-hmm. And they'd had to, uh, but the, the last, yeah, season eight was a bit of a letdown. And if I had to describe my feeling of Game of Thrones having finished, it's that I feel nothing. <laughs> I have no Which soul. is not good. Normally, when a series finishes, I'm I'm a wreck. Like, they can't believe it's over. Yeah, I can't believe it's over. Like, there's it's, it's, you know, there's there's a hole in your life now because you'll never have more of whatever that TV show is. But Game of Thrones is over, and I'm thinking, ah, mm-hmm. next. I do remember listening to an episode just before this last season, Ed, and we were talking about this because the end game was coming as well. I'm like, I wonder what, wonder how our opinions are going to change. 
Because it was. What did you think of the end of season eight? Well, the the good thing is I avoided all spoilers before we watched it, which was very handy. I don't know if my opinion is different because I make the comic or not. But I'm not sure if you feel this about making the podcast either. But like, uh, it's fair to say that their reaction is negative. The yes, I've I've seen a lot of negative reaction to how season eight finished. Right. Actually, in season eight in general, I think. Yep. See, was I? I loved it, and I thought I didn't exact. I didn't know how all the characters were. I couldn't even remember all the characters' names. Bloody hell! But I think they can do whatever they want. And if I predict it, if if the general crowd, if the general mass predicts it, it's going to end up bad because they're like, I can't believe you wrote something predictable. If it ends the way they don't like it, something unpredictable, they're going to say, Oh my god, I can't believe you did it this way. It should have ended this way. Like you've got all those millions of. Uh, of signatures where people want the last few episodes rewritten or blah, blah, blah. But I, I, I would say that for that petition for it to be rewritten, just tough to those people. <laughs> yeah. That you can't just go, I didn't like the ending to my TV show. Can you rewrite a TV show? No, That's it's not, not the your way, creation. Yeah. It's their creation. And they I, choose how it ends. I kind of think people are getting too entitled. Like it didn't end oh, the yeah. way I thought. And, and her uh, again, Khaleesi, that's the name. See, I remember. I was going to say call her Dragon. Daenerys is her actual name. Oh, is it? Okay. That's how much I know. Yeah. But like her getting killed that early, didn't see that coming. But I thought, well, okay, let's see. Did what- you not? No, no, not not in the first 10 minutes. I thought at least- telegraphed it like so far away. I thought it was going to be the battle of the episode. But like I'm, I'm happy with it happening with me not seeing it. Like Ned Stark died in the first series. No one saw that coming, but people were shocked. But they liked being shocked. They liked characters not dying. Like, they liked the unpredictable. I don't know. Like, I hope these two writers don't change anything about what they do. I hope they still make other stuff. And I hope – I think this is on the, on the back of um, – did you hear – did we talk about the, the Sonic movie that came – the preview that came out? The, the trailer and how yeah. everyone's – is this the one – are you going to – is it that everyone's complaining about how Sonic's eyes are wrong or something? Uh, I think it's his teeth and his legs and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, so they came out and revealed it and there's so much backlash that they have said, oh, sorry, guys, we're actually going to take it back to the drawing board and redo the character. So I don't know how much work they have to redo. But oh, when, that, work. when that movie comes out, do they think that everyone's all of a sudden going to be happy? Do people think they're all of a sudden going to be happy? Like, who are they to – like they're trying to do the right thing by saying, "Here's what we've got. Here, there's going to be this amazing movie. It's a fan service. We all love Sonic. You all love Sonic. Here's our interpretation of it." And people say we don't like it. And they go, well, "Well, we'll do it again for you. Then you'll like it." It's not going to happen. I don't know. I just wish people were more. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit, bit of a tricky situation because Sonic is a very. The way they went with Sonic was that they made a design choice of how he would look, and that moved away from everyone's conception of how he should look. Yeah, which is not. I you can't be too like it's it's not a two D platformer. You can't make it look exactly the same. All right, but uh, but uh, I think it was everyone went a bit overboard in that one. Yeah, you you need big people like you need directors, you need writers making big decisions with the big boy pants on, and you need to make yep. them be able to do that without feeling guilty or without crowdsourcing an opinion before doing it. I don't know. I think people need to do whatever they want. And and you're only going to like it if you don't. If you don't like it, I don't know. I don't think you need the the compulsion to convince all your friends and family that they also didn't like it. You also can't can't please everyone, so just some people aren't going to like it. Right. I don't so, know. It's a bit of a – Did you 
so in a similar vein was uh, Jigglypuff in the Pokemon Pikachu, uh, Detective Pikachu film. I haven't seen have it. Have you yet. seen Detective Pikachu? No, no, You no. have not seen it? No. Oh, I'll have to talk about that at a later episode. Did I tell you when we walked past it in Scotland when they were filming it? No. Oh, we walked past the film set. It was a, um, we went up for this hike to, we were going to this place where a Harry Potter scene was filmed and it must be very popular for a few things because a few different scenes were filmed and we're walking past and this film crew down the valley and then they're up there and we had to sneak past this in between they were filming or they were getting set up for this, uh, it was like a, I'm not sure if there's any part in the movie, I guess don't give too many spoilers, but there's a, uh, it's like a fence of like a radiation area. It might be of a compound or something near a river bank yeah. or something like that. And that scene was was going to be filmed. So they were setting up and putting all these radiation signs. So all the tourists driving past are going like, radiation? Are you sure we're allowed to yeah. drive this way? Like, yeah, yeah, it's a film. So every pass we walk, every person we walk past, we're like, what's what's being filmed here? And and I'm not sure whether they lie on purpose to try and make sure people don't crowd or not. But we had, we heard them all. We heard Braveheart too. We heard uh, a, lot, a lot of different Scottish films, and then we did hear Pokemon from one of the people. So, if that's a scene that's in there, we're pretty excited to watch it. So, it'd be pretty cool. But back to where you were, the character in there. Is there one in there that's not not normal? Uh, there was a lot of backlash about Jigglypuff having fur. Ah, Jigglypuff. Because apparently Jigglypuff is meant to be it's meant to have smooth skin, but I think that that would have been a horrifying thought and I wouldn't have liked it. It's like dinosaurs with feathers, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. But in the end, that shot was taken from the trailer and it caused a lot of backlash. It's two seconds in the film. Right. It's really not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole other movie in there. Yeah. Like, it's it's yeah it's it's really down to nothing. Like, if, if it hadn't been in the trailer, no one would have complained anything about it. Like, no one would have complained about it at all. Yeah. We're getting weird. I don't know. And people listening to this can very much have different opinions to us or me or you, and we're allowed to have different opinions, but that's my personal one. I, I like that I like that there's reboots. I like that sure I may not think that um they're they're how I intended them, but um but it is what it is. It's being made. Have you been watching anything about E3? Uh I've I, I, it's weird. I don't really have much time to play games anymore, mm-hmm. so I feel a bit uninvolved. As as in that, I when they're telling me about stuff, I'm going, ah, I'm not going to play it, so I don't really care. But it's still kind of reading me in a little bit. Yeah, it's still kind of good. Got, got me a little bit on the line. So I've, I've been checking a couple of things that's been that have been coming out. If you want but any consolation, you can yeah. read and hear about video games for like 10 years without playing a game and still be interested. Is that what you do? <laughs> it's pretty much I don't play games, but for some reason I still like them. Well, they've announced there's going to be a new Halo. Yeah, I saw the trailer. So I'm pretty excited about that, but I did watch the trailer and realize I don't know where the last one finished, so I need to go back and finish it again. Yeah, don't you love that when there's a bit like there's pretty much a spoiler of the one before because they've assumed it's a carry-on and everyone's listened. Wow. What, one thing I would say about it is that it's the, the trailer has a very same feel to Halo 3. Oh, I was going to say that. That was a very cinematic. I remember watching Halo 3 trailer and thought, this is the bomb. I've got the music. I've got the setting. Yeah. And then this trailer was like basically the same story. He's on a ship. Oh, no. Where's the ship? <laughs> I know. Ooh. The planets are blown up again. Not sure if it's again, but it's blown up. I feel like yeah, that's the so same story every time. But <laughs> Yeah. They're kind of falling into the trap of if you keep on, you, you have to. Like raise the stakes, and if you don't do it properly, then we'll kind of 
just turns off. <laughs> like I, I saw the in the trailer that the ring, the Halo ring, has exploded, and just as before they were panning to it, they're like, "Master Chief, I'm not sure. Do you know what's happened?" And they turn, and not knowing much of the Halo story myself, I was like, "Maybe Earth has exploded. This will be big." And they turn, and the ring explodes. And, Ah, oh, well, that's not a big deal. Like, I'm sure we saw that coming Don't in the story fall. somewhere. Like, of course it's going to explode. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it's like when The Force Awakens had the Death Star Plus. Like, if, <laughs> if you're going to have the same thing, we're just going to go, ah. But it was bigger, sure, though. It was bigger. It was so stupidly <laughs> big. Oh, that was good. Yeah. On, on reboots, though, I have got – there's a couple of things I've been following which I've been pretty excited about. I think – because uh, a lot of stuff now is of of pop culture is from when we were kids and they they're coming back and it's it's being done again like uh like and we are lucrative cows to be milked for money we love it love every single bit of it the the few things that uh where have I got here oh, there was one um oh there we go the uh John Romero he was one of the guys that did the dooms and quakes and Somehow over the years, I'm not sure if you know, he's got the big, long black hair, crazy looking guy. Do you know much about him? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, he's quite prevalent on Instagram, which is pretty cool. But he, uh, he's pretty much the guy that wrote all the levels for, um, for Doom and Quake. And over the years, I've obviously sold the rights to different companies. But he, because he knows how the game is made, even after the last 25 years, people still use the map editors to make new levels for like the original Doom. And he's just gotten onto the community message boards know, last year or something and just said, hey, I'm John Romero, you know, made the game, made this level for you. And they loved it. And he made another one. They loved it. And he decided he's going to make a, because these games are in four worlds, he's going to make a fifth world of, I don't know, eight levels, but tied into the story. And because he knew how the game was structured, he could make this mod in a way that's named completely different. But when installed in the right directory or, or the right way with the original Doom game, it can appear in the menu at, with the original levels. So it looks like a faithful fifth world of the game, but he doesn't get into trouble with any copyright or any legal issues. And So it's more of a, an expansion. Yeah, it's basically an expansion, but yeah. official but not official, if that makes sense. Like he has no rights to, but he was the original guy, so everyone still loves it. Yeah, so he did it online and and I think it's released even for free now for people because he did a, a physical pack with, with people and stuff like that. And I thought that was um a very cool way to make the Doom the Doom fans happy and and to see it. And the other one was uh Kevin Eastman, he's one of the the pair that did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics back in the day. And he's released a I've been learning all about the comics industry lately and how They've got the the big publishers or distributors, and to self publish, you kind of have to uh, get people to approach the comic book stores and and find your issue in the catalogs. Like a, at the front, it's got the big DC, big Marvel, and a couple other companies. But if you want to get an independent one, they're kind of hidden at the back in small print. And so he's gone yeah. back and re released, or not re released. He's releasing new a new series independently. So it's not by the big four and just getting like people that follow him online to request it. And it's a story of, it's very meta. It's a story of a guy who it's him, but it's kind of fictionalized making a series about four, 
Oh, what's the word? Radical. Yeah, it's the same. It's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but it's four words about a different animal and they're like ninjas. <laughs> but the thing is, he's got this comic series about him making the comic. And he's also at the same time releasing this spin-off, these characters in their spin-off comic, which is like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle one, but in their own comic series. So it's super meta and the same thing. Doesn't own the rights to the original stuff, I'm presuming. Um so he's he's getting away with it. but it's just cool it's like this huge fan service both both creators they can go back to their roots and and make that original stuff but not get in trouble with it i think it's cool i think there's a very uh, there's probably a bit too much in in the industry where we're saying that you're protecting ip and not allowing people to do to actually reproduce stuff just because it infringes on copyright mm-hmm. i think the the the, the uh, industry is going a bit heavy against could do they do with Allowing creators, more, you know, more room to actually parody or pay tribute to machines. I mean, obviously, there's a very fine line, and the more the more that you give creators to be able to do that, then there's going to be some people who exploit it. Yeah, but it's good to see that some some creators are getting getting to do that and actually managing to, you know, yeah, walk the right line, make something out of it. Yeah, and of course, it's you know them cashing in on their past successes to make a bit more money. Like, of course, but they got eight. I kind of like it. But that's that's how it works. Yeah, it's crazy. They made the thing. Just how much IP will fall to Disney, or if not already. Like they own so much. Oh, everything owns everything. How, how is it possible? I don't know. How did – like everyone's, everyone's happy to be bought out and because they're, they are the iron dying brands or old brands or something like that. But, and working for Disney would be great as well. But it's just amazing how they've just made the grab. And how recently has that been their battle plan? Like, has, has this been a 50-year plan to acquire all the IP in the world? Or is this like a five-year thing? I'm not sure. I, I do wonder how they get, uh, how Disney manages to just make that work. And well, they, all these companies that they're just acquiring are so expensive. And Disney's just like, no, we're just going <laughs> to yeah. blob them up. LucasArts, ours. They just got them. Marvel, ours. Did Fox, did they end up getting Fox? I think uh, they yeah, they did, didn't they? So I guess that means so, that all those, all that Fox Balaki with De- um, Deadpool might come to, all, the, all those characters will be wow. together. Uh, the last I read about this was that uh, the, so the, Dark Phoenix has just come out. Uh-huh. And apparently has had very disappointing returns at the box office. Yeah. But there's going to be only one more X-Men film. Which isn't going to be an X Men film. It's going to be Inhumans, I think. Okay. Oh, I should have looked this up beforehand. And then I don't know what they're planning on doing. I think they might be trying to move some of it into the MCU. But I, I'm not sure, sure about what's going to happen with the MCU now. Mm-hmm. I think well, is that, is Endgame a- was such a nice finish to the Avengers. I definitely, and also it's going to keep on going. I definitely got the feeling that those actors and those characters were done in this iteration. Yes, it was it was very nice. Here's the end of that story. Mm-hmm. I guess we're going to move on to a different story. That's always going to be the case. Yeah, I do wonder. But, like when yeah. when these new storylines with maybe other characters, does it is it continual? Or are they going to do the comic book route of resetting everything? Who knows? Reboot. Yeah, <laughs> but you kind of keep rebooting it. Uh, there's so much, so many more stories than to go through. Although they are going to somewhat ha- struggle to up the ante from the end of the universe. Right. Any other bad guy doesn't seem as bad after that. Yeah, they're going to have the next bad guy come along and say, I'm going to kill off three quarters of the people. Yeah, so 
I don't know, but it is. It's it's good though because the movies are slower than the way they used to release the books. Is that they've kind of got to time up their sleeve to stretch things out and make things last a bit longer, which is good. I guess that was just the problem they, before. They do, but they cut they uh, in a comic format. They have a you know they can have more filler and they can put more. They, you know the storylines can kind of be spread out a little bit more. It's the serial kind of idea where they can because they're releasing them on a schedule quite regularly that doesn't matter if they're one that, yeah they're all slightly shorter stories so they're self-contained whereas in this one because each film is such a big event they kind of can't really get away with that so much also there's so much money involved that they're just going to ride and churn them out anyway mm-hmm. I, i'd love to see the database that because i heard this about someone that worked on a uh, got a license for a star wars franchise and he like made a i think it was a novelization of something and they pretty much give you the keys to their their own wiki of all the characters, all the worlds, and give you a permission to create something that maybe doesn't interact with the important stuff. But you can carve your own little space in that world, which is pretty cool, as long as you follow all their rules and get it approved and all this kind of stuff. But apparently they've just got this huge database. Every character you see where every time they've appeared somewhere, they've referenced it and and the changes, if anything, has happened. Because there's books, there's games, there's movies, there's TV shows, there's board games, there's short stories, there's everything. It'd be tough. I mean, they've revealed at E3 that EA is doing a new Star Wars game. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it a a Battlefront one or is it something different? No, it's not Battlefront. It's, um, what was it called? It's it's an RPG, I think. Mm. This is where I get called out by getting something wrong. EA. Good thing they haven't had Star Wars. Jedi Fallen Order, that's the one. Mm-hmm. It's an upcoming single-player action-adventure video game. There we go. It's an action-adventure video. What is an action-adventure video game? Does it mean RPG that isn't an RPG? Action-adventure. 2D platformer. Pretty sure. That's exciting. Have you seen... Have you seen that they're going to release a games console? Is this the streaming thing or the console? No, I've, I've... Yeah, cloud-based gaming. Yeah, tell me what you know I'm, of it. I'm, that's all I know. <laughs> so you continue and I'll tell you what I think. Well, I'm concerned that I don't think it would work for me because my internet connection isn't stable. Right. Or fast enough. They're talking about how they're going to they're going to get down to one millisecond latency, which, yes, would make it work. But my home network has more latency than that. So... Yeah, you'd uh, think it, going worldwide uh, would be slower than your home network. Uh, yeah, like I get enough enough lag when I'm playing an online game of COD, and that's running locally and getting other stuff. So how's it going to cope when everything it's doing? Ooh. I mean, if anyone can do maybe, it, it's them. Maybe, yeah, maybe it'll be better than we're expecting, and it's going to be very impressive, and it's going to be the way forward. But I, I'm going to hold withhold judgment for the moment. Mm-hmm. I'll try and explain it and and correct me if I, my assumptions are wildly wrong, but I think what it is is that each your device will basically be a video player that has inputs. So you can your you can move, press buttons, but you're basically only watching a video, and your movements are being sent to their server, and their server is running the actual game. So their Xbox is in America, and you've got your phone in Australia, and it's the signal, the button's being pressed, sent to them. They play the game and send you the video back. And so you're seeing the result of your button press, but your device isn't doing the 
the computing power that's being done in the cloud, quote unquote. Is that pretty much what they're promising? I think so, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I, I hope they're going to have servers that are more local than being on a I'm different sure, country I'm sure. because that's not going to work. But, but yeah, crazy, I didn't even yeah, imagine yeah. that idea before it was announced. I just, I, I don't quite get, for me, that moving everything onto a cloud-based computer seems to be going backwards. Well, I disagree. It's kind of like how all the things we're using, well, like Slack we're using now or, or your notes or your Google Docs or something, that it doesn't really matter what computer, what phone you got. You're just accessing it from a different device, which is good. Like back in the day, you'd, you know, if your file was on your computer, if that file was corrupted, it's gone. If you weren't on that computer, you couldn't access it. Like this remote access from a periphery is pretty handy. But it's still being run locally. It's just being stored on the cloud. So I agree, storing data in the cloud, great. Having computing in the cloud, I don't think it's going to work for this for something which requires such short latency. It'll work for basically everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it'll just be like but shooters I, won't be. Yeah. like so The games that require high-level or low-level latency, like really but, quick response response time might not be viable. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe it will get better. But I'm just going, look, I want to have... I want to pay money to get some hardware that would do my own computing so I'm not having to fight for a part of a server CPU. Mm-hmm. But it will be like I'm uh, lucky. I'm interested to see. I'm willing to give them a go, that's for sure, because I don't have a computer well, willing to do Maybe it'll work something. and it'll be yeah. awesome. We'll find out. Because if it does work, then you don't – yeah, you could take it with you. Right, anyway. It'll be even more portable than a Switch. Yeah, pretty much. It'd be like a switch, but without the uh, without having to be a powerful device. It just has to be able to play video and be connected to the internet. And about getting too warm. Yeah. Have you seen? So recently, there's been some updates to iOS. I read a bit. But tell me what you read. You're now you're a you're a an iPad user. Uh-huh. Yes. No, just saying. We've spoken uh-huh. at length about how much you use your uh-huh. iPad. Have you seen that uh, Apple? announced that you're going to be able to use your iPad as a peripheral screen. I'm pretty excited about this. I did read this. Yep. Now, this co- this comes across to me. I should point out that I haven't read too much into this, so maybe I've got something wrong. But this comes across to me as another yes, another case of Apple saying, we've come up with this great idea where you can do this thing, but it wasn't their idea and someone else had right, it. Right, yeah, because because, I, yeah. because this has been done before. Yeah, I have the app on my laptop now. I already do it. I think the benefit will be it'll be more seamless. But you're right. It's another case yes, of yes. them so, letting the market do the research and then just taking over when it's proven well. Yeah. So they've taken a good idea, granted, and they've gone and put it in, which, if it's native, will work a lot better. But it's some. It's, there's one of the. It's just one of the small things. I say small things. One of the things that really puts me off Apple as a brand when they go, "Look at all these amazing ideas we're coming up with," most of which we ripped off from elsewhere. Right. Because they did that with. Um, was it last year when they? One of the updates to the Apple Watch when they said we come up with this great idea called a rolling mile when you're doing exercise, uh-huh. and my res- my reaction to that was, oh, "What are you talking about? You didn't come up with that. That's been around for ages. Garmin have been doing it for ages. Lots of people have been doing it for ages. Uh-huh. You're don't stop labeling something that you've just put into your product, you know, eight years after everyone else, and saying it's a great brand new idea, brand new idea. Yeah. Even the Apple Pencil or Screen Time, it's all things that." Other people who develop companies and apps and products did it the hard work. But I wonder what happens to them now. They just go bust because everyone's going to go the official route, surely. Presumably. But it seems to be this cult of Apple, I think, is to blame because they just get away with it a lot. Mm. Although, so speaking of them getting away with it, 
they did not seem to get away with one of their decisions recently. Have you seen the new... Did you hear about the backlash for their new uh, screen stand? No. So at, uh, I think, the, was this at what, uh, the Worldwide Developer Conference? Or yeah, WWDC. So they were talking about, they were doing an event announcing some of their new professional products. So the really expensive Apple stuff, like, well, the, yeah, the ones that are designed to be used by people in the film industry or something, where you, money is no object on these mm-hmm. machines. And they were talking about their new screens and saying, look how our screens are so, you know, this screen can do so much more than this professional level monitor. And it, and that was the professional one costs $40,000. This one costs $5,000. And everyone's like, yeah, that's great. And he says, and you can buy a VSO mount. So there's a special type of mount for only $200. And everyone's kind of going, okay. Or you can buy our own stand for $1,000. Right. So you can buy a screen stand. And that's pretty much all it does. It does add an audio jack, but I thought audio jacks were dead, so I don't know why they put that in. That for thousand dollars, and the reaction to them announcing this was great because the guy running it, yeah, it's, it's all slick. There's like he's got a slideshow, he's going, and we get it's like basically pointing this clicker at the screen, and going zap, and every time he's moving, he's going, it's going to cost this and this, and everyone's going, yeah, and then he goes, and you can buy the screen for nine ninety nine, and the reaction from everyone's just what. <laughs> I thought this was an audible gasp from the from the crowd, and, and the guy who's presenting it, it just starts to struggle. He's like, "And I'm eighty nine, and uh, oh, <laughs> here's Tim Cook. <laughs> He's just waiting for the applause. Yeah, wait for the applause that didn't happen. Oh, no. So I think that there's a bit bit of crack there. Where, but, but this is always going to happen. That they would every time we allow them to do this, we allow them to sell a phone for a thousand dollars or five thousand pounds. Every time we just let them come up with a new idea that isn't a new idea and we still applaud it, they're always going to start pushing the boat out more and more. And now I've, I'm wondering if they're starting to find the, the limits of where it's going to work. Right. There's de- there's de- I'm fascinated about those kind of presentations. Like this is the E3, this is the Apple's conference as well. There's definitely a lot of just hype and you just got this massive auditorium full of super fans and they're just going to like, they're just happy to be there. And they're yeah. just ready, ready to clap. Show me something. I'm ready to clap. Yep. I just want more, more. Just give me more. <laughs> Which is great. Like you know, they 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 love what, what's coming on. But it's definitely. I'm sure there must be times when you're clapping and then going, "Wait a minute, <laughs> oh, not sure about this thousand dollar stand." Well, I think similar things happens because I, I find it hilarious when these things happen. Just when a company manages to misplace their foot so much, it is a bit unfair that they, cause they have under so much pressure to do things and they're never going to please everyone all the time. But I think blizzard had a similar reaction when they said the new Diablo is going to be mobile based. That's right. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. Yep. And the pro, but the problem with this, cause I, I was reading into this recently, the, the thing is that that means that it's going to be, it's probably going to sell very well in China. Uh-huh which for them as a company is a great idea because it means they're going to get more money mm. and it's going to reach more people. Unfortunately, they were announcing this in, I think it was the States, where that market doesn't really, it isn't really the no. same. So there was there's backlash in the, uh, yeah. the audience talking for it, which is not good. This is almost full circles back to what we were talking before, how like uh, they're doing something that, you know, you're not particularly, you don't enjoy, like you thought you associated with a certain brand and then they've gone and done something that you weren't expecting and it just means that they've kind of got a cross next to their name now. Like it's just something that you don't like and sounds like. But whenever whenever we do something wrong, we expect to be forgiven. Yeah. 
it'd be quite easy. So maybe we should give that, <laughs> I, you know, give that chance to some of these people. I did see some memes around of, of God. I didn't, I didn't know about this stand after reading about it, but it was someone like drew a mug without the handle, and the mug was like fourteen dollars ninety nine, and then the handle bit was an add on that you could get for nine hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> Just sounds like <laughs> that's what it was. Interesting. Must be the time of year for all these announcements. Must be, must be. I mean, where are we now? June. Oh, Christ, how is it June already? Yep. I've got a travel. Yeah, tell me, tell me. Travel topic. So we, we always love talking about travel, even though we don't do it very much anymore. <laughs> so you, when, when you were doing your, your travel trip around mm-hmm. the world, you were traveling with carry-on luggage only, right? Yeah. Yeah, to um, save on money and also to just not have to carry as much stuff around, right? Yep. Did you... So, so let, let, let me let me paint a little picture for you. You're at the airport. Uh-huh. You're about to get on the plane, and you got your bag. What's and your your bag's full of basically clothes and, I guess, an iPad. Yeah, in there, yeah. like clothes not much iPads, stuff. But... How much of that stuff are you actually going to use on the plane? <laughs> yeah, I see. You're getting nothing. Pretty much, maybe one or two things. One or two things. How, how many people? How many other people on the plane have you seen? With their carry-on luggage, get anything out of it. Uh, apart from a jacket, when they apart yeah. from when they go right, headphones out of pocket, and that's it. And then they put their carry-on luggage into the overhead locker and leave it there for the duration of the flight. And most of that stuff's in your pocket to begin with. But yep, right, yeah, exactly. So airlines quite often, and I think they always do this, will check your luggage for free, mm-hmm. your hand luggage for free, so you don't have to pay for this. And I'm wondering why more people don't do this. I've been tra- flying back from uh, Sweden a lot recently, and the flight, the last flight back on a Sunday, is always fully booked. Always fully booked. It makes sense. That's the yeah. You know, everyone's coming back from the weekend, and every single time they have to come over the uh, PA uh, before boarding and say, "Just so you know, this flight is fully booked, so we can't fit all your hand luggage on. If you would like, you can check it for free. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a free service. You don't have to." You don't have to pay for it. You just have to come forward, and then you can you can board the plane first as well if you want to. And there's so few takers. Oh yeah, and in fact, they'll even run away from people trying to take their. Yeah, bag everyone, from... everyone gets really awkward and like trying to go. Oh, I don't want to check my bag. But the problem is, why? I do remember there was some people. So one of the flights. This was a flight going from London to Stockholm, and two of the people in front of me, because there was two of them, I'd already checked my bag at this point. They got told, because we're quite far back in the queue, and they were told, sorry, you're only going to be able to take one of your check-in luggage, so can you choose this one we're going to check? And they were like, oh, fine. Did around, chose one. And then one of them was being a bit grumpy, because she's there saying, oh, well, now we're going to have to wait at the other end for it. Mm-hmm. And I've got two two points on this. One, every time I've done this, my bag has been on the conveyor belt before I get there. Because the last put on, right? <laughs> yep. Two, how, like, wherever you're going to, you're flying there. Clearly, it's not so urgent you get there that you can't wait five minutes for your bag to get off the plane. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no. <laughs> I don't understand why we, what the reluctance is to check your hand luggage. I've been doing yeah. it for a couple of times now. It's so great because you get to the airport, you go, right, here's my hand luggage, check it out. I've, you know, last time I was taking a switch with me, so I just carried that in my hand. That was fine. I feel like a free um, man. You don't yeah, have to put then, the thing above your thing. It doesn't have to fall on people and you don't have to like, you just get up out of your seat and probably walk out first. Go through security is so much easier because you haven't got a bag you have to take out. And then, you know, like when you're waiting in departures, you haven't got a bag. You're there going, well, I'd like to go to the toilet now, but I have, I can't leave my bag here or something. Or like, 
it's just so much easier. Why don't people do it more often? Uh, yeah, we took a lot of Ryanair flights and they were, because they were the cheapest one, they changed their rules all the yeah. time. And it was always a juggle of what you take on hand luggage, what you take on or check in if you want to do that. And I think the problem comes down to people want to just bring as much stuff as they can. And yeah. you know, this was me before trying to go with less, which it was, it was difficult, but it was definitely um, gives you a, a new appreciation of what you actually need and what you don't. We, we did have the benefit because our bags were soft. They weren't often, like as they weren't a hard bag, they were a soft bag. They weren't often picked for that post gate, you know, last yeah. minute check-in. So, but it, whenever we walked past or they'd, they'd come and pre-sticky your bags just in case when you get to the bottom of the plane, they can, the, the baggage people can just pick random people to get their bags. And you'd see people do a wide berth around <laughs> these little pickup stations because they were like, nope, this bag's coming with me and it's not leaving my sight and only I'm touching it. And I, I, people are just very protective. I can get it. Like I wouldn't – if I was to check my bag in, at this point I'm getting on the plane. So I'm going to like I'm gonna take my time. Like I'm going to get all the things out that are valuable and that's why it's always good to have like a little fold-up bag or something that you can carry stuff with. Like I'm going to get my laptop out if my laptop's in there. I'm going to, I don't know, get anything out that's expensive that you wouldn't want to get lost. So the bag that's going under the hold is literally just a bag of clothes and useless yeah. crap. And Which would be like your checked luggage, you could say. You could say that, yeah. And like I'm, I'm happy to do that. And then you just take the good stuff with you. And so, I don't know, it's just an alternative. But I think it also can come down to a lot of flights, well, some flights. I'm interested to hear about this Swedish one, but checked baggage was paid and the seven kilo carry-on was free. And so people would try and not pay yeah. extra for their ticket. But if you're getting it paid for in your ticket, then there's there's no reason, right? So, the, but this is the thing. You so you can at least with British Airways. I'm pretty sure most. I'm pretty sure most flights do this because I've seen lots of announcements for it. You, you yes, you have to pay for extra check luggage, but a, oh, but a right, free if option catch is that yep. you can you can check your hand luggage. So you yep. just say this is my hand luggage. Yeah, it has to be it has to weigh a little bit less. It has to be on a certain size, but yep. they'll check it for free. So. Uh, especially, I, I've when I've ever, whenever I've been getting onto this flight and I'm looking at everyone going, so many of you must have checked luggage as well. You can't all be going carry on, carry only. on only, yeah. Which means that you're going to have to wait for a, a bag anyway. Uh-huh. So you you should all check it. That makes sense. How many people there are carrying a bag just carry which has got their entire life in it apparently, and will be there struggling to fit it up into an overhead compartment or something? Just check it. Like you, I think you can, you can have you can have two carry-on bags. Remember, you can have your main bag and then a smaller bag. So you can have because you can have like a laptop bag or a handbag. Some of the really budget airlines might be quite strict on what counts as that because you don't get two. You don't get uh-huh. uh, a, a small bag. But in that case, all of your things like your phone, your wallet, all the expensive stuff, put that in the small bag, and then when you know, you're already carrying all your other stuff, you know, cheap stuff in your main hand luggage, just check it. Man, like airports, someone will carry it for you. There's something happens as soon as you enter an airport. Like I think those roller doors, as soon as they open, something, a synapse in your brain or something just switches and you become irrational and you become like super aware that everyone's trying to kill you or steal your stuff or I don't know. Super aware that your passport's trying to jump out of your pocket. 
Oh, I like it. Like, <laughs> so everyone's just like, super paranoid. Yeah. Is, it, is, is it still my passport? <laughs> same part of your brain controls all your manners and, and letting people go before you or anything like that. It's just a very weird, I don't know, airports are weird. When you sit down and look at people and compare it to the people you see at a cafe on a Sunday, it's very different. Yeah, everyone gets so so wound up. Like, I have, they have to be at the front of the queue to get on the plane. The plane, you're, you're not going to get there any quicker. Oh, the priority the boarding is really time. funny. So this ties onto what you were saying about you know not wanting to check in. So in certain airlines, you can do a priority boarding, which means you st- you board the plane before other people, and you can pay extra yep. money to get ahead of people. And there's a higher chance your bag won't be taken from you. And the airlines just eat that up because they love it. They just say, you want to pay us money to get on the plane first? <laughs> sure, we'll let you pay us. Like, Isn't that funny? Like, we want to be at the front of the line so much that we'll pay extra money. Yeah, and this is only for people who don't need it because if you actually need assistance boarding, like you have small children or if you need assistance in general, you get to jump the queue anyway. <laughs> oh, man. People- right. it's, it's, a, it's a clear con and people still go for it. And then you and then you have the situation where because you have boarding in groups, so that the, on BA there's five groups. Uh-huh. I'm guessing wow. I think one and two are like business class and or like gold members or something. Three and four seems to be people who've probably gold members and then uh, traveling economy and people who've paid for a check bag because I did that once and I got a different group. It was it was wonderful. And then most of the people are in cattle class with me in. Uh, in, in group five and the queue for that is massive and start straight away because everyone's like oh, i need to get on first can't can't afford to have my bag checked but that creates a situation where everyone's kind of checking like which queues is this queue the queue for people in group four or group five because uh-huh. they're in the same place you're trying to like look at other people's boarding passes just like spy out like are you group four or group five am i gonna because you try and work out like if i'm in group five am i gonna get to the front and then get told i can't board because that's gonna be really uh-huh. awkward my best experiences have been in an airport where people do that. They prematurely line up and and because yeah. other people are lining up, everyone else lines up. So yeah, everyone's I'm in line it. and then they switch gates and it's just this <laughs> run and dash and you get to the other one they go, no, it's actually back to the first one. And you should, oh, man, people were outraged. <laughs> they were hating it. In Denpasar Airport, I had the absolute epitome of that happen to me where we – Denpasar Airport, I don't know if you've ever been there. Uh-huh. It's – really really long like okay. it's got something like 24 gates and they're all in one single line one row not even double side so just well, a skinny one island, so, yeah. so imagine how long this bloody terminal is and we i get there and it's like oh your flight's going to be at gate 22 okay fine that's a bit of a walk because you know, gate one's closest to where you get in so so walking 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 get to gate 22 right i'll wait here for a while and then suddenly ping oh yeah sorry um this get the flight's actually going to leave from gate one now. Uh, people <laughs> aren't happy, and the most yeah, yeah. Like you need to go down the other end of the airport now, and people aren't happy. Of course, everyone's tired because they've just finished their holiday. Mm-hmm. I'm there getting grumpy because I'm surrounded by people checking if they've got just the right amount of duty free cigarettes. <laughs> so then we have to walk, 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 walk down, right down to gate one, and then gate one's busy because it's at the busy end of the airport. So we're all there trying to fit and stuff around to get around, and then they have to go. Ding! Uh, oh, sorry, actually, it's not gate one. It's gate twenty-four. No way, further. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, people were outraged <laughs> we had to walk right down the other end of the airport. We we're like, look, the, the plane's not going to leave without you. Did you have runners? As long as you're actually here. But 
Jesus Christ, how did they get that wrong? <laughs> you can see the guys that oh, 21. Oh, I thought these are <laughs> I, 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 If I'd been in the crew, I'd just been like, well, I'm not making that announcement. <laughs> yeah, even though no one will see you, you don't want to be the person. Yeah, I don't want to be the ones who have to break that bad news. Yeah, yeah airports, funny places. Yeah, funny places. Have you have you ever missed a flight? No. Yes. Because I'll tell you what, I very nearly have. Oh. So there's a, well, it's not quite a long story, but um, so when I was flying to Ireland, I had to leave from work to get to the airport for my flight in the evening. So my flight was leaving at um, uh, t- eight o'clock or something. No, it can't be right. So why would it left? Why would it leave that early? No, no, yeah, That's about, so early. About eight o'clock. About eight o'clock in the evening. Oh, evening. So I had, and I left work at five. Now it should have taken me an hour and a half to get to the airport. To me, a bit longer than that because I've hit a bit of traffic on the motorway. So I got to the airport about 15 minutes later than I wanted to. Get into parking and there was no, I couldn't find a parking space. To me, 15 minutes that I didn't have driving Mm -hmm. around to find a parking space. And then because of that, I missed the bus transfer to the terminal. So I had to wait another 15 minutes for that. I'm already feeling stressed. So for those, yeah, for those playing at home, that's 45 minutes into my hour and a half before the flight left that I had. <clears throat> so I'm getting pretty stressed by this point. Um, but I'm just trying to be relaxed. Just, it's okay. You know, what happened, what happened, you can't, you, know, you can't do much about this. Don't, don't get angry. Mm-hmm. And then eventually the bus turns up. Go on the bus, I'm like, right, just okay. Just, just calm down, calm down. You've got time, you've got time, still got time. Gate doesn't close for another half hour. Okay, it's going. And then the bus goes on and then starts going off. I'm like, okay, right, you're nearly at the terminal. And then it drives past my terminal. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> because it's going to the other terminal first. Oh. Goes to, drops people for that terminal. I'm like, okay, come on, come on, come on. It goes on the on. way. Like, keep moving, keep moving. And then it stops again to pick up some other people. I'm like, keep on moving, come on, <laughs> get on with it. Oh, and then it gets my terminal. I jump off, right? Come on, better run up, get onto the lift. Go on the lift, right? Come on, gotta go up to departure, go up to departure, go up to departure, right off, go. Ding, right, come running, 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 running. Right, oh, good. My flight's still on the board here. That means I've still got a chance. Technically, he's still right, in. Get, get to security, get to security. I'm like, oh, security's pretty busy. That's not great. But, you know, I'm, me complaining right now is just going to slow this down. So let's just get head down, get in queue. And then about, and about halfway through the queue, I see some other people come up to some of the security and say, oh, we've, our flight's pretty soon. And then, and the security for them just goes, oh, yes, right. Here you go, jump to the front of the queue. And I'm thinking, I should have done that. But... <laughs> I'm nearly there now, nearly there. All right, it's fine, it's fine. All right, get my... I, I, and I'm doing my usual thing of all my coat and watch off and everything. There's all in my coat, so I can just be like, get to the front of the queue, bam, bam, in, in the box, go straight through security. And then as I walk through the machine, the machine goes off. It's like, ping. And I'm like, oh, God, what is this? All right, so I have to get a scan. Uh, and then I'm going, to scan, they're going, oh, what was it? It was like my passport in my pocket. In nipple rings. A bit of paper Always in, in nipple and they're like, okay, off you go. I'm like, all right, okay. And then I see that my bag has been selected to be swabbed. Ah. And I'm thinking, what? There's nothing. What's what's in there that needs to be swabbing? I can't remember what it was. Okay, right. Well, we'll take on to do that. I don't actually know what the time is right now because my watch and my phone are in that bag. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I get to where, you know, where the person is to do the swabbing and they're, looking at someone else's bag first so it's an elderly lady oh so i'm there going all right well she appears to have done the thing that i've just complained about where people take a massive carry-on bag uh, checking it and then she goes right i just need to swap it as unzips 
the bag, opens it up, and it's just full to the brim of bags of spices. <laughs> and I'm like, if there's one thing you don't take on a plane, it's like, don't take suspicious powders. Get please. all different colors. Yep. And she's like, I'm going to have to swab all of these. Fortunately not. What she did instead, she went through it and she went, you can't have this tub of toothpaste on it. Because uh, it was a big tub of toothpaste. And she's there going, but it's toothpaste. And oh, you can't have it. And they go, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And at this point, and a lot of people have, I've told this story to have said, why didn't you say something at this point? And I'm going, because I know one thing, and that's if in, if you're in security, do what you're told and don't complain. Right. Yep. I'm like, there's nothing I can do to speed this up right now. I just need to focus. So I'm like, right, come on, come on. And then they go, right, she's going to have to repack the bag. But they don't she's, they don't want her to repack the bag because she's having to get assistance. So the security person repacks a bag for her. Okay, oh, God, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then, right, that was done. Now I'm going to scan your other bag. So they have to scan the, this lady's second bag. And I think that had some gels in it or something. Some fish. Okay. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And then, and then the person doing this checks her watch and goes, shift change. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Uh, I, I I nearly said something at that point. I'm like, what's going on now? So it turns out because some of them have to stand up every however long, they have to go and swap with someone else. So they change between sitting up and standing down. So, so they'll move out and they've walked so slowly. And I'm there going, come on, go around. Anyway, the new person comes along, opens my bag up. It was like one. Oh no, it wasn't. They didn't even have to open my bag. It was, here's your bag. We just have to swab the bag of, liquids that you took out of your i took my that i always put my liquids in a clear plastic bag take them out of my bag so that they're separate uh-huh. to avoid this happening and they're like we just have to swap that thing oh yeah it's fine off you go i'm like okay pack it in zip zip zip, zip. right thank you bye and just run <laughs> fortunately i knew the gate by this point because i checked it before going but i was like i don't know which way to go so i'm running through departures running through departures and then i see my gate and it says gate closed <sighs> and my reaction to this is I don't know what happens now. I'm in an airport without a flight. So I just thought, well, I'm going to ask a person. So I walked up to the gate and said, hi, I'm guessing I've missed the flight. She's like, oh, yeah, you're pretty, uh, pretty close. I'll tell you what. No, no, let me just let me just call down. I'll just call down and see what happens. Rings up and he goes, uh, yeah, so have you closed the doors yet? Yeah, he's here. <laughs> he's here. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah, cool. Ting. No, yeah, you can go down. I thought that was impossible. I thought once it said closed, that was like the law. Yeah, no, but that's the thing. So they hadn't closed the door. It was yeah. just a gate closed. Yeah. So I think I probably couldn't have been 30 seconds later than I was. Right. What but, was the reception? Uh, it's not fun. Oh, well, it's not fun getting onto a plane and just having everyone look at you <laughs> because the flight was then delayed because they missed their slot. Oh, and they were like, how's it going, Andrew? Andrew? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is to a frisbee tournament as well. There was other people on the plane oh. who were on my team. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so so I I I I got a lot of flack for that. <laughs> well, you got there. <sighs> Damn, I, I was, I was so relieved to be on the flight. But I was just getting to flight like I've missed my flight now. Well, what that's happened? the first time I've done it. Yeah, I don't, I didn't know what's happening. So I'm like, am I gonna? Because like I'd. Presumably at this point, I'm now a person in an airport that shouldn't be there. Like, <laughs> right. To, like, I let could me back live out here forever. You just start to think where you oh. might live, like what's close to a good toilet, yeah, close to a water for the rest of my life. Yeah. It's possible. So maybe that's, that's the kind of thing that when I get too stressed, I should just remember that at least right now, I'm not about to miss a flight. Unless you're about to miss a flight and then 
in which case I should probably hurry up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's hard to do it in Ooh, practice, though. It's easy to talk about yeah. and then in practice. Was, yeah. I'm stressful just thinking about it. Oh, God, Lord. Anyway, oh. <laughs> that's the story. Good time. That was a good prelude, so, so I can't wait to hear it. That is the story. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Oh, we should probably wrap things up. Oh, we probably should. We've run over a little bit. Since the music's playing now. So, thanks for listening, everyone. And, uh, Copes, I believe you have a quote. Oh, a motivational quote to give everyone a little bit of inspiration for the day. Yeah. Yep. You've lost it, haven't you? Yeah. But how much time do you want me to buy it's you? Okay. Have you got that? You want to talk about that story about when you missed the plane? No. Oh, I could start it. Yeah. Here's a quick Jeez, one. Which this one's from Jim Butcher, and he's an author. And he says, I don't have writer's block, I have a mortgage. I like that. <laughs> got nothing to do with anyone but that's just a good point the writer's block doesn't exist when you have a mortgage especially when you're an author I'm pretty sure it does exist it's probably a lot more stressful <laughs> that's it well thanks everyone. thanks for listening everyone and uh, and uh, we'll uh, have a good day yes have a nice day enjoy that day see you next time I will catch you soon peace